Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. We don't tell you where to get your podcasts. We just tell you to please subscribe to this podcast. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm, making us sound good today, doing the beeps and the boops and the bloops. It's uh, the Duchess of the Dorks, Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley. Am I like a robot or something? Uh, I just figured, I, I just <laughs> imagine that your entire job, like, I don't know how you do your job. Um, I, I'm completely, I don't ask questions. Yep. I just presume it's like magic comes on. <laughs> uh, but I just imagine that it's just like a rope. Every button you, you press has like yeah, a, has a robotic like a, Sounds sound beep, beep, boop, 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 that is that, that is exactly how I spend my day, actually. Yeah, I, that's I'm not glad su- you understand. I'm going to be honest. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Stephen Cassie, Derek English, Josh Chapa, and Allison Brown. Welcome in, guys. Also, can I point out something real fast? Let's sure. take down this lower third. Look at your coffee cup stash over there. Yeah, I got a few. I got my <laughs> I got a Texas football classic mug over here. I've got a plain white mug. Uh, I've got my Mission Hill mug. Shout out to anybody who watched Mission Hill. Mission Hill was a really good show. It only lasted like <laughs> one season. It was great. And then I have my um, my expensive one. So. This is all, uh, like that's like when I cleaned the studio and everyone's like, "Wow, it's so clean in here." And I was like, "Well, yeah, Tepper's five thousand coffee mugs aren't everywhere." You know what? Let him hate. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. 282 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 906. 906. The number of plate appearances for Jeff Kunkel. In his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Kunkel. On today's show, guys, we are going to dive into a little bit, uh, into a piece that uh, our good friend, Texas Football Today's own Bill Connolly, wrote for ESPN. Can't believe he got such a big boy job. I remember when he was yay high. That's not true. <laughs> He's older than I am. Uh, but uh, we'll dive into a piece about the college football returning production uh, and it, it, which teams in Texas have the most and the least coming back as far as returning production is concerned. We'll get into that in the back half of the program. 
Uh, we've got a couple of things to show you, one of which was my interview uh, with the head coach at Willis, Coach Michael Wall. Uh, of course, he was the offense coordinator at Lake Travis before he took the job there. Uh, he was, I believe, Baker Mayfield's offense coordinator. How so, cool is that? Uh, we will talk with Coach Wall. Uh, and then Matt Stepp ran the two-minute drill with uh, Lubbock Estacado coach uh, Joe Kaluli. You will not want to miss that coming up here at the back half of the program. <clears throat> Do I have anything to tell people, like announcements? Uh, no, I, I mean, so. are I you doing it. a show on Friday? Because I will not. No, be I'm going to do a show Thursday and then I'm going to take Friday off and you can't stop me. I so. can't. I will be down in uh, at the State Mariachi Festival. You'll be at the State Mariachi Festival. So excited. Uh, and by the <laughs> way, she will have a full report. I know you're all wondering, like, what kind of content are you going to get out of this? Trust me. <laughs> She's got you covered. So no We're pressure, pumped. Ashley. We're pumped. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, where are, you, are you flying into Harlingen or... Um, McAllen. McAllen. Okay, yep. got it. From DFW to McAllen Thursday okay. morning. That'll be fun. Catch me there. Okay, let's talk about returning production. So college football is in the deep, 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 deep off, deep off season. It's now we're past National Signing Day. We're past uh, a lot of the big signposts that come along in the college football off season, uh, And so we're kind of into the slog. Before spring football starts, uh, you know, the summer is kind of rough too, although you have media days to look forward to. Uh, but uh, our friend... Bill Connolly, formerly of SB Nation, now with ESPN, uh, has got a piece up on ESPN that came out, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago about uh, college football teams with the most returning production in 2020. And so uh, there is this is kind of difficult, right? Because there are good ways to look at this and then I also think misleading ways to look at it. For example... Let's put it this way. All right. Let me just put it this way. How much, uh, if you were a really good offense, right, but you lose everybody, is that better than having a really bad offense but bringing everybody back? It's, it's kind yeah. of, there's, there's things like that. Like you get the, you can just look at a, a, a number of returning starters uh, and that's fine. Uh, but which I feel like once we start going through the list, people are going to agree with you completely because I did when I was typing it in. I was like, I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing that that team is bringing everyone back. <laughs> right. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, you can look at what go what people have coming back as a measure of okay, this is as experienced as they're going to be. And Bill kind of dives into uh, things that I think are really really impressive uh, and and really deep diving into it uh, with his SP plus stuff. Uh, but one of the things he looks at is what is most indicative and telling about how much it, about what matters more than other things mm -hmm. for example he he makes the point that on offense some things of some positions are more important than others to have coming back for example the the uh, the quarterback coming back is by far the number one thing that is indicative of returning of production going forward as mm -hmm. at predictive of what your offense is going to look like next year quarterback I don't think that's necessarily a surprise right no. what surprised me is second on that was receivers and tight ends and the number of yeah you know, like how much of your receiving yards do you have coming back next up is the number of career starts on your offensive line that you have coming back um and then la and then after that so that's like you're talking about and uh, let me 
say this. The next one there is offensive line snaps from the year before. So what they're saying is having a three-year starter at the center position is more important than having uh, a guy who played all 12 games last year. That is prioritized over... um, over how much you played last year, if that so makes sense. Just for knowing the system, basically. Yeah, I think so, and and I think that that's that says. And and the last of the list, by the way, is the percentage of running back yards, rushing yards. It's just like that's just not as important. Uh, on the defensive side, what I found to be particularly interesting is if you're going to have continuity, according to Bill Connolly at ESPN, uh, ESPN, if you're going to have continuity on the defense, you want it to be in the secondary. You want it to be in the secondary. That. Having continuity in in the secondary is a lot more important than having continuity uh, in the defensive front on the defensive line. In fact, he, he the way he measures it in the formula he puts together, it's like six times more important that that is going to be. Now, part of that I think is teams are passing more, mm-hmm. right? And having a pass defense is probably going to be a lot more, uh, you know, is, is more difficult to come by. And the learning curve I think is steeper in the secondary than it is on the defensive line. But I found that to be particularly interesting that uh, continuity on the line fetters matters far less than continuity in the pass defense, um, which is, I, I thought, interesting. So he took a look at this, and he, he saw, okay, what amount of returning, um, uh, what, what amount of, of returning production does each team have left? We're going to go from bottom least to most. This is bad news, but the least amount of returning production coming back is UTEP. UTEP, in fact, ranks 118th on offense and 119th on defense as far as returning production is concerned. Part of that is that they are getting wiped out, pretty much wiped out in the secondary. That's a big, big, that that that, that stinks for them. Yeah. They're going to have to redo things. They are 129th, second to last in the nation in returning production going forward in 2020. Next up, though, not far ahead of them is North Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Texas ranks 114th in offense. Uh, coming back. Part of that, obviously, is you're losing Mason, Mason Fine and you're losing a fair number of those receivers, yeah. too. Frito. You know? And, if I remember correctly, a lot of that offensive line is going to go, too. Mm-hmm. Or at least part of it. Which, I mean, on that Well, point. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> but still, if you believe that continuity, continuity matters, right, exactly. then they don't necessarily have it. Yeah. It doesn't help that their defense is getting pretty much wiped as well. They're 108th in returning de- uh, on, on defense uh, as far as returning production is concerned. Next up at 118 is Texas State. Uh, this is kind of back and forth. And, and I think that, honestly, this may be a little bit misleading. Because on one hand, on one hand, a lot of their defense is getting wiped. They're 126th in returning production on defense. 126. That is bad news. Yep. But the offense is only 81st. They got 59% of their returning of their uh, production coming back. Uh, on on offense, which is not bad. And when you think about a second year under Coach Jake Spavital, who is an offensive guy, mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably what you want. Like if you were going to choose which one you were going to have, that's probably the one that you would want. Uh, and so that is um, that I thought was a little bit interesting and maybe a little bit misleading. That while Texas State is 118th in these rankings as far as returning production, their offense is their offense well should from that. <laughs> correct. Their offense is getting they're getting hurt less than the defense. Mm-hmm. So that'll, that's a little bit interesting. Uh, next up is Baylor. Um, Baylor is a little bit of the same thing. Uh, although I would say that this is, it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird way to, to, to look at it. They're 108th in these returning production uh, standards. Uh, part of that is that they are, let's see, they're 51st in offense. 
a lot of that offense coming back, including Charlie Brewer, mm-hmm. uh, including a lot of those running backs, including a, a fair you know fair amount of the offensive lines coming back. Offense going to be okay, but the defense is getting wiped. 127th, third to last, fourth to last in returning production on defense. They are getting absolutely clobbered by graduation, and so and early entry James Lynch is leaving as well. And so on one hand, you can look at this and say, okay, well, you know, offense maybe be able to take a step forward. On the other hand, what was the strength of Baylor last year? Their defense. Yeah. Their defense was what guided them to their great season. The offense was fine. I don't think I'd necessarily categorize it any better than that. It was fine. It did what it needed to do. But the defense was what was really, really impressive. They're getting wiped. But and they've got a new they got a new coach, but it's like it's, a really good yeah, defensive coach. Yeah, I was like fixing to say he's one of the very few super strong defensive head coaches. Right. So and so helps. it's there's a little bit of I don't know, that's a hard that's hard to gauge there. That like a little bit it's that Larry David gif of like look over here like uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which you know. which I was going to ask you too was when I was typing this in before the show and I saw Baylor right there mm-hmm. and I started thinking about the defensive side of the ball and Aranda and everything like that is does new coaching staff have anything to no. do with these rankings no because I thought that with North Texas too with bringing back in Eckler right. and that kind of stuff with the defense so I was like that could be a whole obviously that's way too much for yeah. this specific formula but that could change the numbers a little bit too yeah and so Baylor on on the whole has fifty one percent of their total production coming back from a year ago um but uh, there uh, uh, the vast majority of that loss is coming on the defensive side then there's a bit of a leap up next is, is texas tech at 81st uh and uh the good news is that a lot of that defense is going to come back so hopefully if you believe that they should take a step forward in the second year under matt wells well here we go uh f- there's their 47th uh, or 44th rather in defense in, in defensive production return offense is getting getting hammered right uh, the offense is going to get hammered a little bit, uh, and I think part of that is the quarterback situation is still really up in the air. We don't really know what's going to go on there, but they are 106th in returning offensive production, but 44th in, 100, uh, in returning defensive production. Uh, next up on the list at number 70 is TCU. Uh, if you liked that offense, good news. 75% of their production is back next year. 75%. But that's that's pretty good, including Shane Bouchelle, obviously, James Prochet, etc., some really good, uh, or Reggie Roberson, rather. They've got some really good uh, talent coming back. Uh, defense, taking a little bit of a hit. Uh, 97th, just 53% of their defensive production is coming back. But uh, they're about middle of the pack there at 70th uh, on these rankings. Next up is TCU at 64th. Um, and pretty pretty mixed bag here. They're 75th. They got 61% of their offense coming back uh, and 68% of their defense coming back. But... You know, from a team that was a little bit disappointing, still needs to find a quarterback, need to figure out exactly what's going to go on. I feel like, again, my my view on Texas uh, TCU hasn't changed. When they find a quarterback, that's when I'm going to start buying in on TCU. Right. Right now, you know, maybe they have one. I haven't seen it yet. I got to see it before I'm willing to buy it. They, they clock in at, uh, at 64th. Next up, right ahead of them is, is UTSA at 63rd. Um a lot of that offense is back, but the offense was Basura last year. Yeah. So what do you, what does that mean? Jeff Trailer is more of an offensive guy. First year coach there. Defense will need a little bit of, of retooling there as they're getting they're bringing back just fifty three percent of their defensive uh, returning production. They're sixty third on that list. So a little, again, a little bit of a mixed bag. Then it's a big leap. I was going to say this is a big. Then it's jump. a big leap. Next up is at number twenty one. It's Texas. Uh, Texas seventy four percent of their uh, production back 
from last year. Which uh, again, Sam being a huge portion of that. Not only that, you'd think, but actually, what's interesting is 62nd in offense coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 62nd, they lose a couple of offensive linemen, they lose some receivers on the outside. But having a quarterback back obviously is import- right. important, right? The biggest thing in the, in like, the biggest most important thing for them is almost all that secondary's back. In fact, yeah. I think the entire secondary's back. So if you want them to make that leap, and if we buy into what Bill Connolly said, which is that having continuity in the mm-hmm. secondary is the most important thing on a defense, well, TC or Texas has got that. Uh, you know, they've got f- their 14th in the nation as far as returning defensive production is concerned. So. If yeah, that matters to you. I was going to say, this Texas one would be the prime example of if he's accurate that the continuity of it mm-hmm. means more than necessarily Correct. The, the players or anything like that. I totally agree. Next up at 16 is A&M. A&M's got a ton of offense coming back. 80th and uh, prepare to hear that a lot during the offseason. That offense is coming back almost entirely intact. Um, they got to figure out that uh, offensive line, though. 70, yeah, but again... What they're looking at, a lot of those guys are back, mm-hmm. right? A lot of those, a lot of that offensive line is coming back with the experience, with experience, and so, in some cases, multi-year experience. Mm-hmm. So that factors in. They have a quarterback coming back in Kellen Mond, which a lot of teams can't say. They have some receivers coming back that are, I think, are going to make make some noise. The defensive side, so the offense is, is really good. The defense is pretty good as well. Thirty seventh, they're seventy four percent. On the whole, they've got seventy seven percent of their their uh, production coming back. Pretty darn good. Next up, into the top 10, hoot hoot, it's Rice. Your team. One of the great things, one of the great things about being really, really, really young is that all those guys come back. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that they started peaking at the the end of the year, then you've got a lot of things. Or you've got a lot of reason for optimism. What's really interesting, offense is only okay. 63%, they're 70th in the nation. But they have more defensive production returning than anyone in the country. Hmm. Number one. Numero uno in Rice. And so, if you think that Rice got better at the end of the year, if the offense can pick something up, there's a chance that they make that leap based on these numbers. Finally, the number one team is Houston. In Houston, uh, it's a little bit. It's a little interesting. Obviously, they played the youth movement a lot last mm-hmm. year, right? In that very bizarre year, <laughs> they are no, they are third in the nation, only behind Northwestern and Georgia Tech as far as returning production is concerned. Offense, a lot of it coming back, right? Seventy three percent of their returning offenses. But again, the big advantage here is their defense. Ninety three percent, third in the nation in defensive returning production. And again, that secondary is going to be a year older. That secondary is going to be a year more experienced, whereas they were getting roasted oh, last yeah. year. All those guys are back. Maybe some continuity in the coaching staff will help. So if you're looking for reason for optimism for Houston, there's plenty of it, especially on the defensive side, because you've got a lot of those guys coming back. 93% of their defensive production is back from last year. This is a piece up at ESPN.com. Uh, college football teams with most returning production in 2020. Our friend Bill Conley wrote it. Very much worth your time. It's interesting just to dive into the numbers. He goes conference by conference as well as far as looking at who's got the best uh, stuff coming back. Uh, it's really, really interesting to dive into those numbers. So check that out at ESPN.com. Uh, our friend Bill Conley is writing. I really like how specific this one, too, was to returning players since I, maybe it's just because we've been focusing on you know 
recruiting and sure. all that so much lately. It was cool to take a look like, oh, yeah, well, there's still very valuable players. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of guys coming back. So. Also, Brett Homan said, uh, we should get you to do that for every high school team. Well, you've got a 400-page magazine you'll love. <laughs> Speaking of which, become a Dave Campbell's Text Football Insider. Textfootball.com slash insider. If you want the 2020 magazine mailed directly to you, don't run around. And you want it early, before mm-hmm. it hits newsstands. Textfootball.com slash insider. Become a Dave Campbell's Text Football Insider. And, more importantly, support the show. If yeah. you subscribe, Ashley gets paid. Which is very appreciated. Me, I'm Thank good. You. you don't got to worry about me. <laughs> All right. I've got a... I've got these sneaky backdoor deals that are like, you know, yeah, black you market about stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, you don't got to worry about me. But Ashley, I'm a I'm a good human. Pay for her yeah. pizza. <laughs> Texas football accomplishments are become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. While we were in College Station a couple of weeks ago, we caught up with the head coach of the Willis Wildcats, Coach Michael Wall. Uh, he left uh, Lake Travis as their office coordinator to become the head coach at Willis a couple of years ago. Excited to, what the, excited to see what they do in year two under Coach Wall. Here is our conversation with Willis coach Michael Wall here on Texas Football Today. Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com here at the Lone Star Clinic in College Station. Here the head coach of the Willis Wildcats with a K. It's Coach Michael Wall. Before we get into football, I understand that there's a Twitter celebrity in your family. Yeah, my wife, I tell you, she's all over the Twitter feeds and everything like that. And so she uh, she follows high school football, outstanding coach's wife, and she's into the into the schedules, into the into the news, and, and sometimes she reports it to me before I even hear it. So she's all over it. Hi, Mrs. Wall. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about your Wildcats. Uh, first year in the books, uh, a three and seven year. This was a, you knew this was going to be a build when you get there. What do you know now that maybe you didn't know? Uh, a year ago yeah of course I mean I'm finding out things every day finding out things about our kids their backgrounds where they've come from their football knowledge I mean all kinds of things and so uh, you know whenever we knew it was going to be that build of a program we're coming in with a very new offense a new style of defense and there's always going to be those types of changes and it's a lot of learning for these kids so I think what I needed to know what I wish you know I kind of realized even a little bit later was is that these kids need to be um, brought up a certain way in our program and trust in us and realize the commitment that it takes to be successful in football and uh and also just the football iq of things i mean these guys are learning completely new skill sets that they didn't necessarily have they didn't grow up throwing and catching the football they didn't have the summer leagues and things like that maybe that that are you know kind of breed those types of future successes and so a lot of that just uh, investing in them all the way around and, and growing them you know from the time there and in the youth leagues and we have great youth league programs but just uh uh, just building that enthusiasm that want, they want to be Wildcats one day. And so that's what we're trying to infuse. In you, you feel like you're getting that buy-in from, from the kids? You feel like that like the, these kids are like, they're buying what you're selling, basically? I, I really do. And I say that to our kids all the time. You guys respond to the challenge. Whenever we have a bad day, they respond with a, a two good days. And that's exactly what you want to see. Our summer programs, have uh, the numbers have increased. Our, our, our you know after-school programs, our track program, the numbers are, are great. I mean, I want it to be 100%, and it's, but it's very, very close. And so we're very, very uh, like what's going on. We obviously strive for that every day. That's the challenge. It's the everyday grind of getting that. It's never being happy with, okay, he showed up one day and did good, but I need him to do that every single day. So very pleased with the, the direction we're going with my, what my assistant coaches are, are doing and building relationships with those guys. Now, I know that you, you know, 2020, looking forward to 2020. This was a, a team you guys were pretty young, played 
put a fair number of youngsters out there last year. When you get, take a look at your 2020 squad, what do you feel like you guys are going to hang your hat on? What is it? You know, what, what do you feel like you guys are going to be about? Yeah, I think uh, we do. We have we were young this past year. Uh, you know, four basically four seniors on offense and five on defense, and so a lot of sophomores played, a few juniors. We will be hoping to ca you know capitalize on that experience back this year. We're going to have a quarterback that's going to be a two and a half year starter, great leader, one of the hardest workers we got, uh, and we have some guys now that are seasoned and they, they made some young mistakes as you always hear in football uh, but those guys are back with more experience and we're going to count on the, the few seniors that we will have starting again this year because even still we'll be kind of junior heavy but uh, we're going to rely on their leadership big time and a lot of those guys have been with us now for the third year I've said in coaching that I feel like by the time your third year is in like your culture is instilled they should understand the offense I just told our guys that yesterday we ought to be a faster paced offense you know we ought to understand our defense and our checks and how to get lined up faster all of those little things so that we can add another detail to make us more successful for them to understand it so we're going to rely on on the senior on that quarterback we're going to rely on on our defense in the back end our, our back end guys are all going to be uh seasoned veterans so to speak we lot we lose our d lineman that was probably our most uh uh, heavy group of seniors last year, but uh, we're going to rely definitely on that on that defensive backfield and and really the offensive backfield as well because that's where we bring the most uh, experience back as well. Let's talk realignment. You guys are moving up 5A to 6A. Uh, you land in District 13. Um, this is me, just you know, dumb football analyst saying. I feel like it's a it's an okay draw. I feel like you know you guys land in the district. Obviously, some really good teams there, like the Woodlands, things like that. But but overall, I'm interested from your perspective of, of, of how you guys landed. Yeah, I, I love the the proximity to it all. I think that we can create some great rivalries and some great football games, and uh, it, it's a, it's a really good district. There's some teams known across the state, and there's some teams that are brand new. So I feel like we fall into a district where we have a chance to compete. But I would say that against anyone, just kind of my personality. But uh, I love the proximity I think we're going to get some big crowds and have some great football games and I tell you us going to 6a has has you know kind of made our community realize that wow I can't believe how the growth that is that has come our way um, and some are some are a little bit hesitant but my attitude is, is bring it on and we'll go compete and I hope my kids follow that and I know our assistant coaches are echoing the same message but I, I love our district you know we weren't sure we were pretty sure we we're going to go to the to the Conroe area schools not sure who, who else may be but smallest district in 5 and 6a and I never had to look for a week five before game you know to get on the schedule but uh, we're very excited about it and, and I hope that those stadiums are packed you know from week five on once we're or week six on once we're getting into that district I think it's going to be pretty awesome maybe Hank Carter at, at Lake Travis could you know non-district yeah I'm gonna make him come to us and pay us somehow <laughs> you know uh both both games both both years yeah, maybe yeah. 2021 you know have no him come to us yeah no home and home you know unless I don't know we can negotiate something there there he is Michael Wall the head coach of the Willis Wildcats joined us at the College Station Lone Star Clinic uh, a couple of weeks ago. Appreciate his time. Excited to see what he does uh, there at, well, at Willis. Obviously, some offensive pedigree there uh, has been able to put uh, put some offenses together. Excited to see what he's able to build there at Willis. Uh, meanwhile, Matt Stepp was out in Lubbock this past weekend and uh, caught up with Lubbock Estacado coach Joe Cleely uh, and did something we call the two-minute drill. 12 questions, two minutes. Uh, got to know Coach Cluley a little bit. Here's a two-minute drill with Joe Cluley of Lubbock Estacado here on Texas Football Today. I'm Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. That's Lubbock Estacado head coach Joe Cluley, and this is the two-minute drill. What's the last book you read? The last book I read was, oh, my gosh, uh, The Emmett Zone, Emmett Smith biography. Would you consider yourself an aggressive or conservative play caller? Aggressive. All right. Uh, if you could choose one, 
have all green traffic lights or never ever stand in line again, which would you choose? I would never stand in line again. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, athletics. Do you sleep with the fan on or off? Oh, have to have a fan on, no doubt. Are you typically early or are you typically late? I'm an early guy. I like to wake up and get places. Okay. I know all your wins are great, but do you have a favorite win as a head coach? As a head coach, my favorite win is probably Graham from 2018 or Coronado from this year. It felt like it put us over the hump. Who's the You've coached against a lot of good coaches. Who's the best coach you've ever coached against? The best coach I've ever coached against is probably um, – Man, that's tough. I'm, I'm trying to go quicker. Seth Parr from Coronado. Okay. Uh, is there one movie that you can watch a thousand times and never get old? Lonesome Dove. Okay. Um, barbecue sauce, yes or no? Absolutely. Okay. Did Dez catch it? <laughs> of course he did. All right. And final question for you. This is a hard, another hard food question. Pancakes or waffles? I'm a pancake guy. Why? Uh, I like the, uh, the, the texture of the pancake. I, I don't really like the, the waffle gets crispy, something like that. I like the pancake. I like to be able to scoop as much of it into my mouth as I can. The waffle blocks some of that. The pancake, I feel like I can get more in. And the butter spreads easier on a pancake, right? It does spread much easier. That's, that's a good point also. Yes, absolutely. Right. That's Joe Cluley. This is Matt Stepp, Two Minute Drill. There is Joe Cluley, the head coach of the Lubbock Estacado Matadors, uh, who ran the Two Minute Drill uh, with Matt Stepp out there in uh, at the South Plains Clinic in Lubbock. Appreciate his time there at uh, at the s- in Lubbock. Big pancake guy. <laughs> Big pancake guy. Big pancake guy. What was the other thing? Athletics. His favorite, his favorite, favorite, his subject? favorite subject in school is athletics. That Buddy, I felt <laughs> that one. That one or uh, that or lunch was always my lunch. I, I appreciate both of those answers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. So anyway, uh, appreciate Coach Joe Cluley of Lubbock Estacado for his time. Uh, with Matt Sepp. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Uh, everyone is real big on this idea of going to Big Lou's at coaching school to <laughs> for, to eat pizza. Step said Matt and Will versus Pickle and Kendall. And then people started asking if that could be a, a specific or a potential yeah, so they've got meet, up, meet up location. I'm looking at this. Apparently their, their big bit is they got what, like a 62 inch pizza? Jeez. Is that right? Um, that's large. That seems that seems very large. Um, yeah, we went. I went to Colorado this past summer, and we got a pizza. It was. I know forty-two inches. inches. Forty-two yeah. inches. Still very large. Forty-two inch pizza. Yeah. Um, that's, that's again. I'm just like. Also, like if if I if, would just get tired of pizza. <laughs> if Kendall and I went up against Step and Will, who Will seems super confident in his eating abilities, yeah. like he seems like the ringer. That would be like. That would be like the upset of the literal Maybe we're century. Doing it. I'm, I'm in. Listen, I'll watch and I'll have like a slice. <laughs> you know, I'll take. You know what I'll do to be to be equal? I'll take a slice from both of you. Oh, there you go. There you go. There that's, you go. That's all I want. I don't want to there just like go. gorge myself. Uh, the uh, one other final thought here is me said that we should do a uh, taco power rankings. What we need to do, and uh, I'm, I'm, glad, it's I'm, glad up, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Jose Rolot, I think that's his name, the uh, the taco yes. editor at uh, Texas Monthly. We need to, we need to have him on the show. Yeah. We need to have him on the show. Plain yeah. like that's, I'd have da- we need to have Daniel Vaughn uh, and and uh, Jose Rolot yeah. on for uh, uh, d- uh, just to talk tacos and barbecue because that's what this show is. That Quite literally. Look, man. We I, might talk more food than we do football. Yes. Days. What's wrong with that? Not, literally nothing. Literally nothing. 
All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Willis's Michael Wall and Lubbock Escado's Joe Cluley for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can meet your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Thank <laughs> you.